I always like to check to see what Jesus is doing. Many times when you uh, are prayed for when you're ill, you get immediately healed. Other times it can happen uh, gradually. Uh, even with Jesus, there were times he prayed over 10 lepers and nothing changed immediately when Jesus prayed for them. And yet as they left, they were healed. I've seen that happen with people that are prayed for in church on their way home it strikes them. And so, but I always like to check. So is anybody here that was prayed for have, did you have a physical um, evidence in your body that has gone away after you were prayed for? Anybody here just raise your hand. I'd love to see what Jesus is doing and give him glory for it. Okay. All right. Well, watch out on the way home. All right. So this morning, I'm going to continue on a message I started a couple of weeks ago on how to fulfill your divine destiny. And after the introduction, I uh, uh, started last week talking about three things that can stop you from fulfilling your divine destiny. One of the greatest exercises you can do, which I just did recently again with one of my daughters who's in college, because uh, she was saying that she had to write uh, a paper on uh, her purpose in life. And I said, well, one of the best ways to find that out or the core values of your life, what really matters to you is to, in your imagination, go to your own funeral. And you sit on the back row, and you listen to the eulogies from different people in different quadrants of your life, whether it's your family, or your friends, or people at work, or um, uh, your church. And you write the eulogy that you would like them to say at your funeral. And out of those eulogies, you will find what really matters to you. And then that's the life you begin living now so that actually is what's said about you at your funeral and uh so in the same way at the end of the book the bible there is a day called judgment day we're all going to be there and on that day there are two books i stole this from Mark Myers, as we had lunch last Sunday after church upstairs in Tanis for his birthday, and he described this, and I said, I'm stealing it, and I'm giving him credit for it. Though he didn't write the Bible, so really, I mean, yeah. On that day, there are going to be two books. One book is a book of all of our sins that have been recorded. Everybody say, boo. Yeah. The other book, though, is the book of life. And if your name is in the book of life, and the way it gets there is by giving your life to Christ Jesus, then your name is written in the book of life. It's a gift. Salvation is a free gift. You cannot earn it. And once that happens, your sins that have been recorded in the other book are completely erased forever. Can I hear an amen? And then... Uh, so if your name is not in the book of life because you have not given your life to christ the reason your sins are recorded is so that when god uh, judges you for your sin he is just because there's a record of them however god loves us so much he sent his only son to die for our sins so that if you receive him into your heart you will not be judged by god in fact you will be rewarded by him for everything you've done for jesus while you lived on earth Everything you did to advance his kingdom. And so, the wisest thing is for us to start there and work our way backwards to where we are right here today. And we live our lives for that day and for that reward ceremony. So, as your pastor and as your uh, pastor through the online community and anyone watching this, my desire is to help you overcome the obstacles that would stop you from fulfilling your divine destiny, which is having a great day on Judgment Day. Can I hear an amen? Last week, we looked at the first one, which is not knowing that it is going to be difficult. When you do not know that fulfilling your divine destiny is going to be really hard, you can uh, become confused, weary, and even quit. But if you know that it's going to be difficult, I was listening to somebody on the radio the other day. This guy called in and he told him uh, his life story. And when he got done, the commentator said, I have no advice for you. And I thought, wow, that's horrible. He said, I have no advice for him. He said, because what I learned as a teenager is that life 
has misery. And I just accepted it, that life has misery. And so it doesn't come as a surprise to me that sometimes life is just miserable and you have to plod through it. Now that made that kind of sounds kind of morose. However, if we don't understand that life is not all peaches and cream, the life is not always light-hearted and fun, it can hit us hard and shock us, confuse us, and discourage us until we just throw in the towel. But if you realize, no, this is going to be hard, then you batten down the hatches, you get ready, and sometimes you hit hard stuff, but you say, well, I expected this. That was what I taught last week, that you've got to know that it's going to be difficult so that you're prepared for it when the difficulties come. Jesus even said it, in this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus prophesied that. Thank you, Jesus. But be of good joy, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Secondly, today what we're going to look at is this. It will be impossible for you to fulfill your divine destiny to the degree that God's created you for if you do not forget the past. A friend of mine this week said to me, we are fools if we don't learn from the past, but we will not fulfill God's plans for our lives if we dwell on the past. There's no way that you can run your race successfully if you are living like Uncle Rico. Anybody know Uncle Rico from the polling dynamite? How many of you know Uncle Rico? Raise your hands. Come on. You know about Uncle Rico, right? Are you being Uncle Rico? For those of you who don't know, Uncle Rico, he, uh, he pitched a tent. No, he had a van. He put a van out in the middle of a cow pasture and he set up a camera and he videotaped himself throwing the football. Now, Uncle Rico's like in his 40s, but he spent all day just throwing a football and videotaping himself. And this is what he said, man, if the coach just put me in in the fourth quarter, I know we could have won that game. He's living in high school and he's, he's, he's so vexed over the fact that his coach did not put him in the game. And he says, man, man, I bet you I could throw this football over that mountain right over there. I mean, that's all day long, every day, that's all he thought about was his high school days and what if and shoulda woulda coulda how many of you come on be honest how many of you to some degree live in uncle rico's brain come on raise your <laughs> i got one honest person two three four honest people in church today all right yeah some of us are being uncle rico many of us have experienced abuses mistreatments abandonments betrayals hardships in the past it could be a former husband, a former wife, a former boss or a current boss, a former friend who betrayed you, co-workers who have uh, gossiped about you, classmates who have thrown shade, teammates, drama, former pastors, former church members. But we must move on. Everybody say, we must move on. on. Come on, turn to the person next next to them and say, you must move on. If you want to fulfill your divine destiny. Let's look at what the Apostle Paul says about this. The Apostle Paul says this. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Achieved what? We're about to see what he's talking about. No, dear brothers and sisters. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking to us, the church. So this is as relevant as it gets. This is the most powerful message you're going to hear from one one of the most powerful people who ever lived on the planet, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. What? He's going to tell us. But I focus on this one thing. Everybody say one thing. thing. He narrowed it down to one thing. Sometimes life just purges you until you figure out what the most important thing is in life. The older you get, the more focused you become. No, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. He focuses on one thing. Forgetting the past. It's back there. 
It is not here and it's not there. It is back there. Where are you? Well, physically, you're right here. Where is God? Right here. But where's your mind? Back there. Paul learned that he had to forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. There are good things lying ahead for you. I press. Sometimes you got to press. It's not just an easy walk. You got to press to reach the end of the race. That's what he's looking at. The end of the race. Busting the tape at the end of the race. When a runner starts the race and track, they are thinking about the end of that track. They're thinking about the ribbon at the end of that. They're pressing for it. That's what they're focused on. Could you imagine if they started off the starting blocks and halfway through they're looking back at the starting? Oh man, I wish I'd started better. I wish I'd run up. You know, I, I missed the whistle. I wish, you know, and as you're, you can't run a race like that and win. You can't even look to the left or the right to see where your competitors are because it slows down your rhythm. It breaks your pace. You got to look straight ahead to receive the heavenly prize. Everybody say heavenly prize. There is a heavenly prize waiting for you. Did you know that? There's a heavenly prize waiting for you. Don't look back at whatever. Look at the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This word achieved is really interesting. One of my favorite phrases is that Christianity is not how much you achieve, but how much you receive. However, for you to achieve what God has destined you for, you must receive from God wisdom, strength, power, encouragement, forgiveness, fresh infillings, right? So the more you receive from God, the more you can achieve with God. Say that out loud. Say, the more I receive from God, the more I can achieve with God. That's why Christianity is constantly breathing in the love of God, the peace of God, the power of God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God. The more you intake, the more you're able to achieve with God because this is a supernatural calling. Loving your enemies. Seriously? That's what Jesus told us to do. Not tolerate them, not put up with them. Not just forgive them, love them. Okay, we're already in complete supernatural territory now, right? Love your enemies. Be like Jesus Christ. I mean, we just already failed, right? Be like Jesus. That's our calling, is to be Christ-like. Be holy as Jesus is holy. <sighs> All right, now I just lost. Everybody's gone now. No, nobody, nobody's achieving Overcome demonic forces. All of this is supernatural. But we usually don't learn that we must depend on God's power until we come to the end of ourselves over and over and over and over again. Because we are human. And we, we, we love, to, uh, out of God's design, to achieve to the full potential of our human capacity. But we are not in a human game here. We are in a superhuman game. This is a clash of the kingdoms, the spirit of darkness and the spirit of light, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of Jesus. And we are caught in the middle of this. That's why the apostle Paul finally came to the revelation when he cried out to God to remove whatever it was that was harassing him. He cried out to him three times and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. But then he said, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness which we learned, I talked about it last week, that Paul learned how to rejoice in his weaknesses because he, he, he got the kingdom dynamic, that supernatural exchange. The combination is, oh, instead of me being strong all the time, which means I don't need God, it's when I'm weak, desperate, as I was talking about earlier, in my moments of desperation, God's power comes upon me. 
And I experienced this supernatural capability. Paul learned this is the pattern of the kingdom. Now, this is interesting. The word perfect there. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. That word perfect is completion, accomplishment, something achieved. You see, it's the grace of God that comes upon you in your time of weakness that enables you to achieve your divine destiny. That's the same word that was used when Jesus was on the cross and says, it is finished. Isn't that interesting? The same word when Jesus, when, when, when the Lord said, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. That word perfect, the same word Jesus said, it is finished. It is complete. I have achieved what the Father sent me to do, which is to die for the sins of the world. But he was able to do it because of the grace of God that was on him. So, he says we must forget the past. That includes the good and the bad, the regrets, the debts, the successes. These things become weights and distractions if you do not let them go. How many of you would be honest and say you're carrying some things from the past? Yeah. And some of us are carrying a lot of things from the past. Just ugly. <sighs> Regrets, disappointments, unfulfilled dreams, bitterness, whatever it might be. You know, it's like somebody, you know, the Bible says that, that the race that you're in, the spiritual walk is actually a race. Could you imagine? Okay, this is, this is 100 pounds here. Could you imagine? Wah! <laughs> i already already got janine's attention she grimaced exactly look and all the counseling i've done the counseling mark you've done dennis others gary and kathy how many times do people come into your counseling sessions I'm like ah, and they are living their life like this right and you say well you got to forgive your mom i just can't okay all right just go ahead and run your race with that unforgiveness ah a former boss. Oh, my former husband. Oh, my gosh. my Oh, that unanswered prayer. Oh, that bitterness and resentment. But I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. Okay, I got it. All right. And this is the way many people live their lives. Many Christians, just like, you know, magnets of offense, you know. And what it does, the bitterness, the poison in, in your mind and in your heart. And this is the way you wake up every morning is with this weight of the past on your shoulders. And you're trying run your race this is the way you go to work it's the way you go to school you're just carrying the past all right you're gonna help me will you come on up here sweetheart yeah olivia come on. you know what i i, I don't want to let go of all of it okay there's some people i still need to be bitter at but can you at least let's maybe let's let's get let's get no no just take one what? yeah just grab one of those bags out there we'll let my mom go yeah i think it's time for her to go yeah yeah just take one there you just Okay, uh, okay, you got it? You got it out? Okay, there you go. All right, just throw that aside. All right, good. Right, just throw it down. Just throw it down. Thank you, Mom. I forgive you. All right, great. But I'm hanging on to my dad and my brothers and my sisters and my ex-husband and ex-wife and my ex-pastor and my ex-employee. And I'm hanging on to all of them, all my failures, my personal shame of failure. You know what? Let's get rid of my shame. Let's get, yeah, okay, I blew it. His mercies are new every morning. I'll go ahead and let that one go. Oh, okay, come on. Come on, get it. let that shame, get that shame out. Come on. I can't live with that shame anymore. Oh, oh, okay. Ah, oh. okay. That's better. All right. Uh, I still, it's still a little heavy, but I don't want to let it all go because I need some self-pity, you know. I need to be able to tell people my stories so they feel sorry for me. I can't get rid of all of it, but, you know, maybe, maybe just one more. Okay, you know, yeah. Yeah, let's get some of those former church members out of there, would you? Get, yeah, get some of those out. Yeah, those ones that promise our loyalty and we'll never leave you. We'll be the last people standing. Oh, all right. Woo, that feels better. You know what? This, this feels so doggone good. Yeah, you know what? I'm just not doing this anymore. I'm moving forward. I'm running. Oh, yeah. This is the way we're supposed to be living our lives, like this all this this is how we're supposed to live in our lives not with all that crap that we carry around how many of you are ready to get rid of some stuff today 
Huh? How many of you are ready to let go of some of this stuff? We're going to do that in just a few minutes. But Paul not only said let go, he also said to look forward. You can't just let go of the past. You've got to look forward. His eyes are on the prize. So is Jesus's. Look what this says in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses, that's all the believers who went before us that are in heaven watching us right now, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, which we just did, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. The race, run your race. We do this by keeping our eyes. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The same word there, perfects. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor at God's throne. Your goal has got to be greater than the suffering on the way to the goal. Josiah and I were just talking about this this last week. Josiah is a track uh, um, athlete. And his goal, which he's already gotten really close to, is to be a track star. And we decided that his goal of being a track star has got to be greater than the pain and the suffering of all the discipline and all the training that he's going to have to go through to reach that goal. Jesus's goal of the joy of our salvation, paying for our sins and pleasing the father, fulfilling his design, divine destiny was greater than all the pain and all the shame he had to endure. If your goal is not greater than the suffering it's going to take to reach that goal, you're not, going to make, you're not going to reach the goal. Francis Frangipan said this, Jesus defeated Satan in Gethsemane and the cross, not by directly confronting the devil, but by fulfilling the destiny to which he had been called at Calvary. You don't ultimately, you don't ultimately defeat the devil by confronting him. It's simply by ignoring him, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the end of your race, and you run your race looking at Jesus until you see him face to face. If you sit soaking sour, you will simply just get worse and worse and worse. What if Jesus just stopped halfway through and just started complaining to everybody about the way he's been mistreated, abandoned, abused, you know? Hey, Lazarus, come here. I'm Mary, Martha, come here. Can I come to Look, I just tell you guys something. That last time I was in, they treated me horribly. They're calling me names. Have you heard some of the things they're talking about, saying about me? Gosh, man. And Judas, seriously? Peter, come on, let's talk about Judas. Oh, man. What if he just sat around and complained all the time about his mistreatments? And what if he threw in the towel? If you don't forget your past, you're just going to nurse it, curse it, and rehearse it rather than trusting God to reverse it. I can't drop a, an ear mic, I guess. If you don't forget the past, you will nurse it, curse it, and rehearse it rather than trusting God to reverse it. I'm going to give an example of this. Anybody ever heard of uh, Jenny Burton? Her story has gone viral. I've got a picture of Jenny up here. Same person. Is that incredible? Despite having a trauma-filled upbringing, including doing drugs with her mother, which led to her being incarcerated multiple times, twice being incarcerated with her mother, her mother taught her how to do drugs, She was in and out of jail her entire childhood. She is now the mother of three, a first-generation college student, and has her sights set on becoming an attorney to help those who were like her. She had no hope that she would be an attorney, although that was her dream since she was a little girl. But a friend opened a door for her when she got out of prison that made her think maybe it was possible. Since then, 
She has become a 2020 Truman Scholar, which is a highly competitive $30,000 graduate school scholarship. She is also a Martin Honor Scholar. The applicants are considered for superior strength of character, intellectual ability, a sense of purpose, leadership, and service to the community. She has earned a total of $74,000 in scholarships. She clearly could have nursed, cursed, and rehearsed her past for the rest of her life and decided that there was absolutely no hope for her. But she decided that she was going to reverse it rather than curse it. What an amazing story. But she didn't do it alone, nor did I get those bags off my back alone. We need one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to help one another. One of the things that happens when we do not let go of our past is we allow the past to become our identity. God's people were slaves for 430 years. That was their identity. And yet when God brought them out of Egypt, he called them, you can read it in the book of uh, Numbers, I think. He called them his army. Did he use the word mighty? My mighty army. Moses used my mighty army to overcome the Amalekites. All they, they were slaves for 430 years. That's generation after generation after generation after generation of slaves. My mom is a slave. My grandpa is a slave. My great-grandpa is a slave. My great-great-great-grandma is a slave. I'm a slave. I'm a slave. God says, you're my mighty army. We need to choose God's identity. Gideon, youngest of the smallest family, of the smallest tribe of Israel, hiding in the basement from the enemy. And an angel shows up and says, oh, you mighty man of valor. What's God saying about you? That's the question you need to ask yourself. What is God saying about me? You know, one time I, uh, in my early 20s, I uh, decided, you know, people use these personal affirmations. Some of you may do that. Saying good things about yourself. All right, that's, those are good. The, it's humanistic, though, because you're, you're saying good things about yourself. What I decided to do in my early 20s when I had to break some of the old patterns of thinking in my old identity before coming to Christ, I got biblical affirmations out of the Bible. I wrote down a bunch of scriptures and I memorized them. And they were all about who God says I am. And I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how many times they lifted me out of the fear, out of depression, out of shame, out of discouragement. In fact, I put them on our website. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it. You know what? Do it right now. I'm going to ask you to get on your phone right here, right now. Will you do that with me real quick? Just grab, grab your phone. First preacher in the history of the world has told the church members to get the phone out while he's preaching. Go to our website, gatheringplacechurch.org. You should, it should probably be the first thing that pops up on your phone. Gatheringplacechurch.org. Not the gathering place. You get some weird new age deal gatheringplacechurch.org okay once once you're there on your phone raise your hands so i know that you're there okay you got it got a gatheringplacechurch.org okay you guys aren't doing it some of you are doing it all right all right i love you and i love you and i love you and i love you all right now you go all the way down to the bottom go all the way down to the bottom scroll and go to resources click on the resources link down at the bottom of the website go down to the bottom you see it Go down, you'll see it. It's right above the address. It says resources. Yeah, it's down there. Go all the way down to the bottom, right above the mailing address, it says resources. Okay? You got it? All right. Now, on the resource page, go to, go down to, underneath encouragement and instruction, it says, who does God say that I am? Open that up. And there are a bunch of scriptures on this document I made. And all these scriptures I put in headings like this. you got to put it to the first person. I have been made in the image of God. I have been crowned with glory and honor. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In Christ Jesus, I have been made brand new. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. I have been justified. I am forgiven. I am not condemned. I have been raised up with Christ. I am complete in Christ. I have direct access to God. I am God's well-loved child. 
I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am a victor, not a victim. Those are just the headings, and I got a bunch of scripture under those. You memorize those. You meditate on those. You say those over and over and over and over and over to yourself. I'm telling you, you'll become one of the most powerful human beings on the planet. Those are biblical affirmations. Once you choose that you are who God says you are, there's something else you need to do. And we're going to come down to a close here in just a few minutes. You've got to decide that you are going to take responsibility for your now. You can't do anything about the past. Your future isn't here yet, but now is what's real. You've got to take responsibility for your now. One of Jenny Burton's friends, one of the things that's dislodged Jenny from being trapped and stuck in her identity as a, um, as a drug addict, a former drug addict, and uh, a, a criminal. Her friend said to this. He told her, don't worry about then. Worry about now and take steps toward your goal. And that clicked for her. And this is what Jenny said. I recognize that my problem was me. Isn't that amazing? I recognize that my problem was me. It wasn't what my mom did to me. It wasn't the abuse that I experienced from my husband. But it was the choices that I was making in the now. I'm not saying it was her fault in the past by the choices she made. She's talking about now. My problem is me. The choices I'm making now are dictating my destiny. Anybody with me today? I have found also that you get healed as you go. You can't just sit, soak, and sour. You'll just get worse and worse and worse. You get healed as you go. Preaching is very good for me. I hope you're getting something out of my messages. But it's as good for me as it is for you. Maybe even better. I have found that I have got to stay in the game. The anointing has got to continue to flow through me. I've got to stay spiritually employed, blessing people, helping people, praying for people. I've got to stay in that flow or I become miserable. Because I could, I could lick my wounds and think about my past and unanswered prayers and all that. And it just gets nasty. Anybody, anybody with me? Huh? It gets nasty. You've got to stay in the game. Remember Pastor Josh and I were coming down to the mountain a couple months ago and I was, I was in bad shape. I probably shouldn't have even been driving the car. I was just like, we're driving down. He's trying to encourage me. And we get here, I get in the pulpit and I mean, wham, it was like, I didn't say this, but like one of the best messages that I've ever preached. It was powerful. You guys loved it. Anyway, we get back in the car. We're headed back up the mountain. And Josh says, what was that? I said, that was the anointing. Because I complained all the way back up the mountain. You see? Yeah. I'm telling you, it's true. You have got to carry, you've got to get the ball. You've got to carry the ball sometimes. You've got to get back into the plate. You've got to stay in the game. You've got to keep moving forward. You've got to take responsibility for your now. And as you move forward, you get healed. Okay, so I'm going to close with this last example. There's no one in the Bible that you're going to find that, was, that had more mistreatment other than Jesus than Joseph. Joseph beaten up by his brothers thrown into a pit for dead lied to their dad saying he got eaten by a lion or something got sold into slavery accused of rape thrown into prison and he had done nothing wrong i mean talk about somebody who had something to complain about. And yet, do you know, Dennis, there's a phrase that runs all the way through the Bible, all the way through his story. You know what phrase I'm thinking of by any chance? There's one phrase that runs all the way through his story. Every time there was something bad that happened to him, 
It explains what happened to him. And then it says, and God was with him. And God was with him. You missed your chance, by the way. And God was with him. And God was with him. Everybody say, God is with me. Come on, say it. Say, God is with me. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing, but he's with you. All right. All right. It's like, well, if you're with me, then what up? Right. But he's with you. He was with Joseph in that pit. He was with Joseph when he was accused of rape. He was with Joseph when he was in prison. And he was with Joseph when Joseph got promoted overnight to the second, be the second most powerful man in the world, the prime minister of Egypt. And Joseph wrote this. And this is my point. You get healed as you go. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. If you keep moving forward one foot in front of the other and continue to trust God, God will heal your past by blessing your future. Somebody needs to say amen right there. God will bless. God will help you forget your past by blessing your future. There are sufferings that I've gone through. I'm sure you have your own stories that were so bad, so painful when you're in the middle of them. You don't think you're ever going to recover from that pain. Anybody? Anybody been there? Yeah. I mean, like you can't breathe. Physically, you're in so much pain. Like David and his men, when they says they wept so much, they couldn't weep anymore. They were so beyond themselves with pain and grief that they wept until they could not even weep anymore. I've done that before. I'm sure some of you have too as well. And yet, because of the healing of the Lord, I didn't get a lobotomy. It's not like I don't remember the facts of the situation, but the emotional content is not there anymore. How about you? Anybody? Right? You, you don't live with the, the bitterness, the grief, the deep emotional sorrow that weighed you down like the bags of sand that were on my back. I remember some of those horrific things that I've been through in my past, but I'm not emotionally attached to them anymore. And when I'm ministering to somebody, I have to actually try to remember what that pain felt like. And yet back then, I didn't think I was ever going to recover from that pain. But here's the thing. I kept moving forward. You've got to take responsibility for your now. Okay, they did that to you. That didn't happen for you. God didn't answer that prayer, whatever. Okay, that's back then. Is that where you're going to live? You're going to live back there? Or are you going to take responsibility for your today? What are you going to do today? For your life. Because that's where you're going to find God. What are you going to do? You're going to keep nursing it. Cursing it. And rehearsing it. Or are you going to trust God to reverse it. And make it work for your good. To where you can say like Joseph. God has made me forget. The pain of my past. Because He has blessed my future. It's up to you. Let's all stand. How many of you have some past that you need to let go of? Come on, just raise your hand if that's you. You've got some past that you need to let go of. You've got some sandbags you need to let go. you just got to let them go. You can't run this spiritual race with those weights. Some of you have personal shame from personal spiritual failure. Jesus bore your shame along with your sin. Did you know that? When Jesus, the Bible says, when He bore your sin on the cross, He also took the shame of your sin and bore that too. There are people that want you to grovel for the rest of your life because you hurt them. 
It's like, I'm sorry, Jesus bore my groveling. He bore the shame of my mistakes. I've asked you to forgive me. You don't want to. I can't help you with that. I I can't do anything for you. But I'm not going to live with that shame. Even though I should, I'm not going to. Because Jesus bore my shame. So you just tell shame to shut up because Jesus already bore the shame. Some of you, I'm just going to, let's do that right now just for a moment. Some of you have that personal shame. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But there are some things that you have done or did not do that you should have done. And you're just shooting on yourself. Like every day, you know. And you carry the shame of your mistakes, your sins. But that's you just close your eyes. And imagine that that's like one of those big bags of sand on your back. That shame of your mistake, your sin. Okay, now, under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, drop that to the ground. Just let it go. It's the past. You can't do anything about it. Let it go. And now receive right there. Receive a fresh start from God. Some of you online, you need to be doing this right now. Just let that shame go. You screwed up. It's over. Ask God to forgive you. And now release it. And release the shame of it too. Some of you have abuses, misuses. You've been mishandled, maligned. You weren't loved well as a child, whatever it might be. Some of you, someone here has been, has been misunderstood or falsely accused of something you didn't do. And you are spending way too much internal energy trying to convince people. Let it go. It's a weight that is sucking your internal energy. And God wants you, God wants, ooh, God wants to start using some create new creativity in your present to solve future problems you're going to have don't worry about the past god is going to bring new relationships new opportunities a fresh future for you so whatever it is you have in your past that you need to drop just do that right now just begin dropping them on the floor gary Hey, Gary, I'm actually going to ask you to do that because you, you've got it. You've got it. I believe that there uh, are some here who, as John's been, been teaching this, you realize there's someone in your life that you have not forgiven for something. Mm. You're hanging on to this bitterness, this anger, maybe even hatred and you're not forgiving them and you can you can get rid of that baggage just like he showed you there today right now Hmm. and and what i'd like you to do is just in your mind and before you just picture that person and and then under your breath just speak to that person i forgive you i realize i don't know why you treated me like you did i don't know why you why you Uh, reacted to me like you did but I'm going to forgive you right now because Mm. I want that beyond be behind me I want to move forward and so just ask them to uh, just ask you tell them you forgive them ask them to forgive you and and just break that bondage that's Mm. over you right now in Jesus name I come against that bondage in the name of Jesus Just as Jesus forgave you for all that you've done, you need to forgive that person. Holy Spirit, we ask you now to help everyone in this place and everyone watching online, everyone listening. We're going to do this for just like two more minutes. But this is divine surgery going to set you free 
Holy Spirit, bring up into our minds right now the weights that we are carrying from our past that are weighing us down. Now just allow the Holy Spirit to bring these things to your mind. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to help every person listening, watching, that are here right now, to let them go. If you will choose to let them go right now, as they come to your mind, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to let them go. So you choose, I'm letting that go. Now it's the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, help me. Give me your power. In my weakness, your strength is made perfect. Okay, now let's lift our hands to the Lord. Come on, let's worship him in this place now now receive the strength of god for your now and for your future receive fresh new identity from the lord come on hands to heaven come on let's take god's identity let's take god's strength let's take god's future for ourselves it's a new season a new day Come on, Josh, lead us. Father's heart. 
is the song we declare. He is the joy. He is my joy. He's bringing hope to the hopeless, giving his heart to the broken, sharing his home with the open. He is the joy. He is my joy. He is the hope of the nations. The Father's heart we're embracing. He is the song we declare. He is the joy. Let hope arise. Let hope. Give the Lord praise in here today. Come on. Yes, Lord. Amen and amen. All right, so um, I'm doing a wedding, so I got to go. I got to get out to East County. and uh, But you're welcome to hang. Prayer teams will come up front here. Be ready to pray for you. But I'm looking forward to the Lord helping you heal the past by blessing your future. He's got new plans for you. Just keep moving forward. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.